John chapter 4, we're going to be reading John chapter 4 this evening. You know, um, one of our pastors told me a story. His name is uh, Pastor Victor. He's down, uh, down the southern part of the country in Grays or Gravesend. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's Gravesend is where he's pioneering uh, 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 and he's laboring for God down there. He's a pastor there. He was telling us, uh, or he gave a rep- or he gave a report, sorry, about a situation that happened in his church. Uh, or one day he was on outreach. He was on outreach, you know, trying to witness, tell people about Jesus Christ, hand out flyers for the church, hand out tracts, and so on. Uh, and it wasn't really happening. I've been on those kind of outreaches uh, when you're there. Nothing really is happening. Uh, no one's really responding. Uh, but listen, you, you obey God and you're there. You want to witness for God. You want to uh, witness about Jesus Christ anyway. So he carried on. He pursued on. Nothing really was happening. Um, and it's kind of like a, a, a lonely outreach. But as he was going to finish up, he said he felt the Spirit of God tell him, go to the train station. And he's like, well, I'm in the middle of town right now. It's a bit dead here. It's going to be even quieter at the train station. Why am I going to go to the train station? But he felt it even harder. Go to the train station. And he's like, all right, Lord, I'm going to go to the train station. So he, took, he packs some his stuff, goes to the train station. And lo and behold, as he thought, it was quieter than it wasn't where he was before. There was no one there. It was like a ghost town. Gets to the train station, no one here. And he's thinking, well, what am I doing here? Um, and then he looks around and sees um, a young lady who's at the platform. It's just him and her. And he's like, well, it's only her. I might as well go and witness to her because there's nobody else here, right? So he goes and speaks to her about Jesus Christ, hands her a, a, a gospel tracts, tells her about the love of Jesus Christ, and she bursts into tears. Now, um, you know, he was kind of taken aback by that. Uh, but as she kind of dries her eyes, uh, she says, the reason I'm standing at this platform is because I'm waiting for the next train not to get on, but to jump in front of it. So had he had come five, ten minutes later, this story wouldn't have been a story that I'm telling over the pulpit. She would have ended her life and, you know, he told her about the love of Jesus Christ. She got powerfully saved. She came to service the next day. Uh, the, the week after that, she brought her husband. They brought their children. They're still serving God because uh, this woman uh, or, or God used this man to give this woman an encounter. And I want to preach a sermon I've entitled, The Encounter. You see, because when you have, I've I've probably said this phrase before, but when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ, nothing ever stays the same. Come on, come on. You you have a genuine encounter, wherever it meets. For this lady, it's the train station. For some of you, it was right here on this carpet. For some people, it was in another place. But when you have a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, everything changes. And if it hasn't, well, tonight we're going to give you an opportunity. Amen. Come on now. John chapter 4, verse number 3. Let's read some scriptures here and about an encounter that a woman had. It says, Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. 
A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew, ask a drink for me, a Samaritan woman? The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And I love this. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. I want to talk about the encounter this evening. I want to look firstly with you from this scripture and life in general, that life is full of moments where things happen, things occur, and people put it down to coincidence. People put it down to good luck or fate. Well, I'm of the persuasion, I know many of you are of the persuasion as well, that there are no coincidences. Things happen for a reason. Things are designed by the great designer. There is an orchestra of things that happen in our lives. Things happen for a reason. There is a reason you are in this building today. There's a reason that you came to this church. However you came to this church, there's a reason you stumbled, you walked into this church. There's a reason you're hearing me today. Listen, there's a reason that you applied for that job and they turned you down. There's a reason for that. Come on, there's a reason why you have been subjected to the certain circumstances that you're in, the things that you're going through that seem out of your control. There's a reason for that. And listen, it doesn't take away free will and your choice, your decisions in life. It doesn't take that away. But I want to tell you, and I know that some of you do already understand, that things don't just happen by chance. They are arranged. They are appointed by the one who is sovereign over all. And this is my favorite type of sermon to preach because when you understand that God is sovereign over all, it doesn't matter what happens because you know there is a heavenly father who loves you, who's in complete control, that even if you're going through something that seems terrible, that somehow, some way, some good is going to come out of this. God is in complete control of the universe that he created. Romans 11 verse number 36 says, of him and through him and to him are all things. Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and move and have our being. In other words, if he was to stop, because he holds this very universe together, if he was to stop holding this universe together, you know what holds everything together as, you know, tiny, tiny atoms, you know, millions of atoms held together. Listen, if God was to let go, everything would just fall apart. But God is in complete control. And therefore, we understand that everything that happens... Everything that happens, happens for a reason. Back to our text. Verse number six here says, Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. And it's about the sixth hour that a woman of Samaria came to draw water. You know, you would have heard of this saying, being in the right place at the right time. Now, people don't travel. In this, if we look at this story here, she's traveling about the sixth hour, which is about 12 noon. Um, and in those, you know, in, in, in the Middle Eastern times, uh, nobody travels at 12 noon because the hot, the heat uh, is so intense uh, that you're likely to just drop and faint. 
the one I can liken this to, as I've said this before, I've likened this to when me and my wife, we had a, 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 our honeymoon in Egypt. Uh, it was absolutely amazing when he said go back there. But I remember there was a time where we was leaving uh, our room to go for lunch. This is 12 midnight and there was a compound. You have to leave your compound and go through the open air to where the dinner hall was. It was so hot that we just contemplated just lying there and just saying, listen, somebody will find us and pick us up and go and take us. It was so hot. 12 o'clock, the sun is right up there. You don't travel in that type of heat in these type of countries because the heat is intense. So here we are. This woman is traveling at a time where people don't travel. She's going to fetch water in the heat of the day. And it just so happens that the Savior of the world is sitting by the same well. What a coincidence. <laughs> what are the chances that Jesus Christ, at that particular time, at that particular well, would choose to just be, I'm tired, let me sit down here. Come on now, we, this was ordained from before she was born. I love to picture how God is up in the throne room picturing thousands of years from now. Listen, I can't wait till I come down into the flesh. I'm going to meet this woman at the well. She's never going to know I'm going to be there. He planned it, orchestrated it. I can't wait until the sister from church, she's crying right now, but she doesn't know what's going to happen around the corner. Listen, I can't wait for the brother who's saying, God, I need a job. He doesn't know that I have, I've signed up. I've literally created a role for him. He's going to get it. It's around the corner. I can't wait. I'd love to see God just in his phone room and just orchestrating things, putting things there, putting people in your place, moving people out of your way. Come on, amen. Can you say in this place? Come on, putting things, putting brothers or sisters, friends who would support you, uh, uh, people that will come, maybe your potential husband or wife. Amen. Come on, people that will come and join. Listen, I love the way God just orchestrates things. And people believe that she was traveling at that time because she was known in the city. Because to travel in that time, nobody else is traveling that time. So maybe she traveled that time because she can't deal with all the other women, women talking about her, uh, talking about her back, laughing at her and so on. Let me just travel in the heat of the day when no one's there. It's going to be me and the water pot. But God had more for her that day. Can you say amen in this place? Things happen for a reason. There's a story a pastor told. He, uh, his church was uh, expanded, God was moving, um, and he needed to buy extra chairs, uh, but they didn't have enough money to buy the extra chairs. I think they were short by $2,700 uh, to buy the chairs they needed. And that may seem like a lot of money for you guys, but chairs are expensive, just, an out, just a throwing out there. Chairs are, are really expensive uh, for some reason. Uh, we was buying chairs here in church. I could not believe when she told me how much. Uh, I bought some chairs last year, I bought some chairs this year, they had gone up by 20%. Lord knows what happens when I'm going to try and order chairs next month. But hey, we'll just see what God does. Can you see him in this place? But he was short of chairs, but sort of money, sorry, by $2,700. He didn't know what to do. He was praying, Lord, we're short. We need these chairs. They was ripping out. They had pews before, and they wanted to change them for chairs. And they had already promised the pews to another church. So they're committed now. They have to do this. Um, it's like, Lord, we don't know where we're going to get this money from. We need to get these chairs. Um, he was walking by one day and there was a, a house auction. 
uh, where they, they, you know, the, the family had moved or deceased, sorry, they moved on, the house is completely empty, so they auction off everything inside the house. Um, he wasn't really meant to buy anything, but as he's walking by, he sees this auction and he sees some new bed sheets, like brand new bed sheets uh, wrapped up in, uh, in the packaging still, and something said, buy the bed sheets. <laughs> it's like, buy the bed sheets. I don't need no bitches, I need chairs. <laughs> uh, but, you know, he had this, this you know, uh, uh, it's like the Spirit of God was telling him, buy the bedsheets. So he bought the bedsheets for $5, brand new, uh, brand new bedsheets, uh, uh, took them home, uh, um, didn't really need them. Um, his sister-in-law came at that particular day and said, oh, I need some bedsheets, can I have some? He's like, well, I just bought some today, take these. She took them home. She rings him uh, within five minutes of getting home and said, listen, I just opened these bed sheets and $300 just popped out. She continued to open the bed sheets and there was (laughs) $2,730. And and he rang the auction house saying, listen, this, this thing was packed full of cash. And they said, listen, you bought the items as is. Everything that you bought belongs to you. So he was short by $2,700. There was $2,730. He had $30 change. Come on now. Coincidence that he walked past and bought those bed sheets. I think not. I think God was moving and said, my son, you need some chairs? Don't worry, I'm going to sort you out. Buy some bed sheets. You see, these moments happen in life all the times, and sometimes uh, they're not always considered positive. Many times uh, things happen in our life, uh, and we see this is a negative. Well, why did that need to happen? Um, why have I been delayed here like this? Um, why did this have to happen in my life? Sometimes we look at things, uh, and something negative can happen in your life, and you be frustrated. Uh, but you have to remember there is a God who is orchestrating things. We understand Romans 8 28 says all things work together not independently they work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose so you know what if you love God and if you're called according to his purpose everything that's happening around you will work together for your good take that to the bank Revelation 3 verse number 7 says he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. There's some doors you're trying to bang saying, God, open this door, but he shut it for a reason. He wants to protect you. He doesn't want you to go down that route. He doesn't want you to go down that area. Sometimes we're stubborn, hard-headed. Or is that just me? (laughs) Sometimes we're pushing. God, this door, I need this door to open. I want to go here. God's like, no, I shut that door and I locked it for a reason. Because you can't see what's ahead. I see the bigger picture. I see everything. You can't see the next five minutes. That will not be a good decision for you. But in our own wisdom, we try to do this. But he says sometimes the door is shut. Sometimes he opens doors that you never thought would be open to you. And now opportunities have come your way. You're like, where did that come from? It is the master at work. Because this isn't luck. You know, things that happen in life isn't luck, isn't fate. Some people, oh yeah, I check my lucky stars. All that is is witchcraft. Amen. Come on now. Some people know what I'm talking about firsthand. All right, come on. Uh, you, you know, things, you know, just, to, just as a side note, this is not even my notes, just as a side note. You know, 
You know, when we get involved in some things that, that are uh, deemed as harmless fun, uh, palm reading. Let me just go and see what the, palm, the local palm reader says. Let me go get my newspaper, see what my horoscope says. Oh, what star sign are you? Somebody asked me what star sign I mean. Star sign? My star sign is Jesus Christ. I don't see nothing else up in here. Come on now. Because that stuff is harmless fun. It's harmless. Come on, let me just see what my star... No, that's, there's nothing but witchcraft in there. And that stuff will bring about bondage. You know when people talk about, I'm speaking, oh, we went to a seance, we spoke to my, my dead aunt. No, you spoke to a demon. Sorry, I, I don't know why I went that way, but hey, say, uh, let's, let's come back to it. People think it's, it's, it's fate, it's luck. It's, no, no, no. God has designed this world in that way. He's designed this world in this way. So things happen for a reason. Everything is orchestrated. The reason he's done that, because he wants to have an encounter with you. The reason he orchestrates things to happen the way they do is because Jesus wants to have an encounter with you. Our scripture is so uh, 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 fascinating what Jesus does all for this woman. And I want to look at my second point that Jesus wants to have that encounter with you. The things that happen in your life are intentional because he wants a relationship with you. From the beginning of time, this was God's intention to have relationship with mankind. It's said in Genesis when he created the garden that he used to walk in the cool of the day and have relationship with Adam and Eve. That's what he wants to do. But sin, we understand, brought separation and it moved us away from God. That was the downfall of humankind. But because of the reconciliation through Jesus Christ and the restoration, listen, we can have that relationship again. And he wants to continue to knock on your door because he wants to have a relationship with you. Look in our text here in verse number three. It says that he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. And I love these words in verse number four. It says, but he needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. Now, I don't know if you know who Jesus Christ is. <laughs> he doesn't need anything. Jesus is God in the flesh. He lacks nothing. But he said, no, I need to go through Samaria. There's a woman there that I need to speak to. There's a woman there that I need to interrupt her life. The journey that you take from Judea uh, to Galilee, uh, traditionally, when it's traveled by Jews, they go around Samaria. They don't go through it. Nobody does that. But Jesus said, no, 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 today is the day I need to go through Samaria. God is saying this to you today. Listen, today is the day I'm knocking on the door. I need to speak to you. God wants to have an encounter with you. Jesus Christ has something to tell you. Listen, Jesus Christ wants to meet with you, not just once. He wants there to be a reoccurring relationship. He wants there. And sometimes, because we're so busy in all the things that we do, we're so busy in our own agenda. We're so busy with our own plans in life. We're so busy with career, so busy with family. Sometimes Jesus will have to do something just to get your attention. Sometimes Jesus has to take you down a path just so you can say, look, I'm here. I've been wanting to meet with you. Sometimes you might have to be delayed in certain things. No, I'm not taking you there because I want you to come. You know, one of the things uh, we always used to say is that, you know, you should pray because Jesus can make you pray. 
Come on, one phone call can make you just drop to your knees and pray. One phone call from a family member, and you're like, Lord Jesus. Come on, listen, uh, you know, people be getting made redundant just out of, out of nowhere, and you're thinking, Lord Jesus. Don't let it be so that it's been so long since you've prayed meaningfully. Jesus has to do something just to make you pray, just to get your attention, just to get you to focus. And he wants to do that because God has so much more for you. Listen, God literally changed and transformed this woman's life. You know, before she was known in the city for something. But after this encounter with Jesus Christ, she was known for something else. She was one of the greatest evangelists of that city. She ran back to the city and told everyone, listen, I have met the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And everyone in the city came out to meet Jesus Christ. Listen, God wants to have an encounter with you because he wants to take you from where you are right now and bring you into destiny and bring you into what he has for you. But will you respond the right way? I want to look finally as we start to close and think about this. You can be in the right place at the right time, but you need to have the right response. There was a story about a man who was um, going on to an interview. And um, he had a bit of time in the interview. He's like an hour early. And on his way to the interview, um, he saw an older man who was uh, uh, struggling to change the tire of his car. Um, and he looked at him and thought, okay, I've got an hour. I could just go to my interview or I can help this man out. So he decided to help his man out. He, he, he went down, took off his blazer, rolled up his sleeves, and they helped change the tire. They thanked, he thanked him. God blessed him. Amen. And he put his stuff on, went back to his interviewer. This time he was running a little bit late, so now he's hurrying, he's rushing. And as he gets into the interview room, a bit of out of breath, he greets the first person, the interviewer. He greets the second person, and the second person is the person he helped just an hour ago in the car. I think he got the job, amen. Because <laughs> you can be in the right place at the right time, but you need to have the right response. You know, Paul has preached to many people. There was a time in Acts where he preaches to high officials and he's telling them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's a high official that said, listen, Paul, you almost made me a Christian. Because listen, how many know Jesus is a gentleman? He's not going to force himself in, but he's going to present, there's going to be times presented to you where you're going to be in the right place at the right time, but what is going to be your response? Tonight, you're in the right place. Tonight is the right time, but what is your response? For some of you, it may be salvation. Some of you, you need to just get saved. Some of you need to just give your life to Jesus Christ. Some of you need to stop messing around. Today is the day I'm going to just surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Today is the opportunity for you. For some of you, it may be making decisions about, uh, yes, I know who Jesus Christ is, but I'm going to uh, evangelize. I'm going to tell somebody about, else about Jesus Christ. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you confess my name before other people. I'll confess your name in heaven. Some people may need to make a decision about that. 
Some people, you need to make a decision, say, you know what, I'm going to give into the house of the Lord. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a commitment. I'm going to give offerings, tithes. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to be a part of this. Some of you need to make commitments to say, I'm going to, I'm going to give and serve in the house of the Lord. Listen, you can be in the right place at the right time, but you have to make the right response. Now, we didn't read it in our text, but when Jesus was done talking to this woman, the very thing she came to do, which was to fill her water pots, she left them. She had an agenda. I'm coming here to get some water. That's all I want to do. There's some people that would have an encounter and still just leave with their water. She left the water pots and left with living water. She went with her own agenda, but as she met Jesus Christ, everything changed. As she met Jesus Christ, she left with something more than just water. She left and her life completely changed and transformed. I can't wait to see in heaven when I see this woman. Listen, tell me about the rest of your life. How did it pan out? And see how God used her, God changed her, and God inspired other people for her life. What is it that you're carrying that you need to leave and let Jesus Christ come and change? Jesus wants to have an encounter with you, and he does, uh, and he does so so that your life can never be the same again. Because when you have a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ, your life is never the same again. So tonight, we want to, we want to pray for an encounter of Jesus Christ right here. Maybe you've had that encounter. Maybe you can pinpoint that time, what happened in your life. Well, tonight we want another encounter with Jesus Christ. Tonight we want to meet Jesus Christ. Tonight we want to get answers to the things we've been praying for. Tonight we want to get direction. Tonight we want clarity. Tonight we want forgiveness of sin. Tonight we want to be reconciled. Tonight we want to have a brand new beginning. Tonight is the right time. It's the right place. But what will be your response? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place.